0: Welcome to Ordinary Youth Ministry Podcast, where we're going to be cultivating conversations about our world that help us impart a joyful and enduring faith to your teenagers. Your hosts today, as always, are me, Andrew Unger, John Mark Smith, and Ellen Vosberg. This week, we're diving into an article uh, or a blog post or something in between called You Need to Be Maxing Against Cool by Mary Harrington, which I think I wanted to talk about it. If if only, because now I have the term cringe maxing in my vocabulary. Um, this is, so she's got a blog called Reactionary Feminist. Uh, I actually don't know much about the blog. I'm certain that I found this article the way I find all my interesting articles, which is Alan Jacobs' weekly newsletter. Uh, I would
1: like to point out it's not a blog, it's a Substack.
0: Is blog... Are substacks not blogs? Is Substack a noun on its own?
1: Yes. It's what? it's really a newsletter. Like a Substack is a newsletter. Okay. <clears throat> Your terminology is outdated, is what I'm saying. That's,
0: you know what? It's because I'm not You're cool. So uncool. Yeah. Okay. So to, to summarize the gist of the, the article, we'll put the link in the show notes. It's relatively short. Uh, you can read the Substack. Substack doesn't sound like the, substack sounds like the stack of the blog posts or newsletters. I reject this terminology. I'm just
1: telling you how people use it.
0: i people are wrong. So okay. the summary of what she wrote. Uh, so she, she starts by asking, how do you reverse social atomization? As in how do we reverse the, the problem of people Isolating and and breakdown of of community and connections and things like that, and part of her argument is rejecting the idea of cool. And she points out that cool is essentially this elusive characteristic that we all know, but it is by its definition exclusionary. Cool is sort of constantly up to date, um, and it has to exclude other people because once everybody likes something, it's no longer cool. Uh, we all experienced this with Napoleon Dynamite, where once everybody, it hit a threshold when suddenly Napoleon Dynamite was no longer cool because
2: everybody was wearing vote for Pedro t-shirts. Um, I think when you say we all experienced this, what you mean is our generation experienced this. Right, <laughs> yeah. who else
0: are we talking to? <laughs> who's listening Who's listening to this podcast? Um, you're right, continue you're
1: right. Is no. group.
0: <laughs> I guess so. Very. No, the, the funny part is, my youth group never liked Napoleon Dynamite. They hated it from day one. Uh, True story. Is, I have the never group seen you it. You
1: were in when it came out?
2: Wait. Hold the, on. John Mark, you've never did. seen it. No, I've never seen it. Really?
1: Yeah, that's weird, John Mark. Why haven't that's you weird. seen it?
2: Why haven't I seen it? Uh, I don't know. Just never did. because <laughs> you're old so were cool. You
1: when it came out.
2: What what year did it come out? Look that up because maybe oh, I was Oh no, that was my I was in college. I don't know. I never saw it.
1: <clears throat> Google says two thousand six? Oh, no, that's realize. natural li- that's Nacho Libre. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. So Run
0: <laughs> How did you Google Napoleon Dynamite and come up with results for Nacho Libre?
1: I googled Nacho Libre. <laughs> <laughs> two thousand four?
2: Two thousand four. Okay. Yeah. Anyways, well if we need any proof that we are not a cool podcast, we just made the record very clear. So
1: because we can't google
2: because we can't google. So
0: Mary Harrington eventually suggests that going to church is is the solution because it's uncool because we then care for people that are not immediately, you know, beneficial to us. It's embarrassing and awkward. It's, um, yeah, this is the way to sort of push back against cool, um, going to church. Um, as we were in our, in our pre-podcast conversation for our non-existent Patreons, uh, we were unsure if this article would generate conversation because largely we think, yeah, going to church is good for us. It it helps you connect with other generations. This is uh, a place for connection, but, um, What I'm actually more curious about um, is this idea of cool as a value for youth ministry or not. Um, Do you think that youth ministry traditionally or has for a long time tried to achieve coolness that the models of youth ministry we often have learned make cool a value that we should pursue? And if so, do you agree with Mary Harrington that it's antithetical to churchness and cool is bad for us?
2: Well, I want to say two quick definition things before we answer that question. One, when we're talking about cool, I think it's important (coughs) to announce that cool does get used in a lot of different ways. So when I see something neat, I go, that's cool. I don't mean it's exclusionary. I mean, it's a cool thing. I like it's right. And so we do have to kind of parse that out just for, for that, you know, those, all the letters we're going to receive after this podcast, to be clear, we are talking about that, that that specific type of cool that it is a social experience that's hard to nail down, but we all know it because we've experienced it. That's what we're talking about, not cool as a fun idea. Second, I also think it's important to say church as a solution, which I do agree with, is church as it ought to be, not church Mm -hmm. as it always is. Mm. Um, I think anyone who's been to enough churches can know that church can be a very cool place. Um, and we try not to name. I'm gonna try not to name any names right now, but it's not hard to find churches where that's the case. So, so with those two definition things, your question, Andrew, about youth ministry—has youth ministry trying to be cool? Um, that's a great question. I'd say when I was in youth group, it was 100% trying to be cool all the time. That's what it was doing. Um, yeah. I mean, I I grew up in the not late ni- mid late '90s and early 2000s, and I, in youth group and. I just remember, like, I mean, even just the fact that we stole all the popular cool culture and then made a Christian version of it. I mean, what more yeah. could testify yes. to our desire to be cool than we just said, let's take your coolness. And even <coughs> when you had, I remember um, getting Focus on the Family's uh, reviews of music, I think it was in Plugged In or something. Mm-hmm.
1: And Plugged whenever in,
2: they would I review remember. music, they would say things like, if you like this, try this. Like, Like, our music wasn't even able to be its own thing. It was all just like, well... If you like you too, cause they are not always good to try this. You know, if you like ACDC, try this. So yeah, I think that that's pretty clearly the case that we were trying to be cool. And weirdly, st- trying to steal other, the culture's coolness.
0: Yeah, that it was sort of, it was almost like a, you can have your cake and eat it too. Like, hey, yeah. I, I know you are drawn to this elusive almost hierarchical cool thing where you want to be like popularity, low grade fame. I feel like the equivalent would happen on Instagram now that like, yeah, you want to be an influencer. You can do that and also love Jesus. We'll give you the Christian version of that, but it's still trafficking on that desire to be cool as opposed to something else. That's the definitions that are important there, John Mark. It's not like cool as in, hey, I learned this cool trick to sort my emails. I I couldn't think of a cool trick and I thought wow, that emails. was the
2: least cool trick uh, I've Sorting emails.
0: I'm sticking with it. Um <laughs> it's not that kind of cool. It's like, hey, I want to be cool. I don't know if that's any cool. kind of cool. Like, what kind of cool is that? <laughs> man, when you sort your emails, you tell me. Um <laughs> I'm not. I'm not ashamed that that's what I thought of because you know what I'm doing today. I'm doing what the article says, and I'm cringe maxing. Another term I'm <laughs> going to introduce in the regular vocabulary. Um, right, but the, the traffic was you can, or the, the thing that they were aiming for was you can also be cool as opposed to someone who's lame and doesn't wear cool clothes, as opposed to someone who doesn't know up to date things. Which is where I think it's where people get this notion that youth leaders. And youth volunteers have to be like up to date on cultural trends and have to know all these things so that so that they can say oh yeah i listen to you know travis scott as well and they can be like you don't know travis scott that's cool right travis scott the rapper well
2: and that's where that one gets so tricky right because there's there is a difference I think people tied say- at his concerts oh yeah that that might be him <laughs> i think we need to distinguish though between right there's a difference in trying to be cool and being relatable cool is never true. a thing relatable can be a good thing.
1: can be a good thing
2: um and if it's true relatability like which is authenticity it's always a good thing but there, there is a distinction yeah. there. Like,
1: like i genuinely like taylor swift
2: <laughs> i i did um use a quite a few taylor swift analogies in my last teaching class um yes. and i was not ashamed of doing it I, I, t- I think i got to the third one i was like yeah i'm doing it again yeah
1: i am um, i frequently will drop her lyrics in my when i write my teachings just because like they're in my head i don't like i don't like and to quote miss taylor swift i just say them I, I don't know that my students are picking them up do uh, you ever play taylor me.
2: swift or lamentations with your youth group
1: no, but i will
2: it's the greatest game ever because if you put lamentations in a non-literal translation you cannot tell the difference mm-hmm. it sounds like taylor swift
1: oh my gosh that's incredible is this like a okay well we're gonna chat about this game later
0: yeah we're gonna talk about taylor swift or lamentations later uh that's a cool
2: game guys well that's it um, i actually think it's a great thing to question is it cool when we play that game are we trying to be cool i think the way we run it at least it's like no we're trying to be we're trying to be fun it's funny i'm not trying to do it in any way to be cool like i'm under no illusion to me it's it's not any cooler than the dad jokes i tell it's just a fun thing we do
0: i think because it's the difference between trying to do something to connect or trying to do something to prove some sort of status um like in in some ways youth ministry all ministry is like cross-cultural missions right there's some degree to which when we in our in our current ages as they are I was gonna say we in our late 30s but i think i'm the only one in the I late not
1: 30s. in my late 30s let's be clear not Neither in my late
0: March. 30s uh, i'm so young you're so young you're the cool one um I'm the cool one. <laughs> so when when we sit there and try and listen to music that youth listen to that we're trying to understand them it's it's about understanding and engaging in uh in the cultural items that they that they're engaging with and we listen to them not not to try and say hey I am cool. I also listen to Taylor Swift. It's like, oh, this is a thing you engage with. I'm going to engage with it too, either because I like it or because I like you and I want to listen to the things you listen to. Um, And that's, I mean, in some ways that's about intention, but I think you're right, John Mark, that's about authenticity. It's about, uh, am I genuinely trying to get to know people and understand the world in which they live? Or do I want them to come out and say, oh, Andrew's so cool. Right. Um, curiosity no one is, like a, is a
2: very different motivator, right? Like I'm curious. I want to know more about what you care about. Yeah. First I need to understand this so I can seem like I know what I'm talking about and be cool. Yeah. Or genuinely get to know it and love it, but with the motivation of being perceived a certain way.
0: There's a line in, uh, in this sub stack where she says, to pursue cool is to choose your social connections on the basis of what they bring to you. It's an instrumental attitude that ultimately degrades the social cachet of whatever is pursued. Cool doesn't build, it devours, then moves on. It's the social equivalent of strip mining. You cannot be both cool and have lasting relationships. Well, that's pretty, pretty accurate and pretty good. Yeah. I mean, how common is the story of like teenagers who they were friends growing up and then one kid became cool and then like discards their childhood friend because it didn't fit in with their new cool friend group? I feel like that's a
2: very consistent teen movie trope. And I think this is where and or teenage trope. I think it's helpful to distinguish two between cool and popular because you can be moving towards coolness, which is this elusive social factor without actually ever becoming more popular. Mm, right popularity if anything
1: you're cool because you're not popular right like not popular i think it
2: probably depends a lot on your context what makes you popular like having other people who are outside of your circles you know envious of you and wishing to be like you and voting for you in an election or with that kind of popularity may or may not relate to your in your efforts to become cool i can leave one group of people for another group of people because i perceive them being more cool but still have a relatively stagnant number of people that Care about me or think I'm awesome?
1: Yeah, I mean, as we've continued deeper into this conversation, I think I'm realizing I've I've never been cool. I've never been anywhere close to coolness, and so like I don't know.
2: (laughs) I think I. uh, Okay, hold on. We have to play a game right now. I don't
1: think I could do it if I try.
2: Hold on, hold on. Before we move on, we're gonna play a little fun game. We're gonna rank each other. Who was the coolest of the three of us? Who's the least cool? Everyone's got to do it on their own and we'll compare our answers. Like right now? Oh, right <laughs> now. Or like, yeah, well, oh, right now. You, you the... No, no, get... no, no. You
1: mean our coolness right now? No,
2: no, no. Oh, no, no. Our I coolness. mean, um, no, let's do, let's do how cool you think we were in high school. Cause then it's like, a. How oh, cool were we in high if school? We're, okay. If we're doing coolness now and I already know the answers are too easy.
1: So we're doing coolest to the least cool.
2: Either way, just rank them. Who do you, who do you, who do you think was the coolest, was in, coolest. High, in high school? And then we, I didn't know either of you <laughs> in high school. Well, we could we could do the polite way, just coolest in middle, and then we just don't talk about the coolest thing. in mid. <laughs> the third person just doesn't get talked about, or you can just do the you know. I have my answer already. Yeah, no, I have my answer. Yeah, I was gonna yeah, say heard. I
1: have my answer already. Okay. Andrew is taking notes. And, Andrew's like <laughs> I'm oh, writing right. down
2: a whole argument for why I'm right. Um, I... <laughs> yeah, no, okay. So I want to clarify that as I, I'm gonna share my answers first. I don't think any of us probably were on the objective cool end of a of a larger cultural spectrum. So we're talking about a pretty narrow yes. bandwidth.
1: Yeah.
2: Yeah. I would say. Based on stories I've heard, Andrew was probably the coolest in high school. Yep. I think I was probably the coolest in high school. Dang. No,
1: I actually disagree. I think I was the coolest
2: in high I school. I think Alan is the second, and I was. I have Alan as second third. as well.
1: No, I am myself first, Andrew second, and John
0: Mark third. So we all agree. John Mark was the least cool of all of us.
1: Well, I'm so sorry, John Mark, but like you, you were a like, like, were you like a homeschooled missionary kid? Like, it's really hard. You can't be cool.
0: We love, look, ordinary youth ministry does not discriminate against homeschool kids. We love us some homeschool kids. We
1: love homeschool kids. Homeschools are the bedrock of many of our ministries.
0: We just also recognize- I'm married
1: to a homeschool kid.
0: But well, we just also recognize the the quality that we're talking about in this episode of cool does not, is harder to attain.
2: But see, that's the thing. If you are exclusively part of a homeschool missionary kid community, then someone has to be the coolest <laughs> one in that group.
1: But, but were you?
2: Were no, you I, not? I definitely was not.
1: Okay. <laughs> <laughs> what makes you but, think Andrew was cooler than me?
2: Because of the way he talks about edgy like edgy jokes and saying things, I'm like, that's totally inappropriate. And I can't believe you still think it's a funny story. <laughs> like He still tells these stories about things he did in high school as mm-hmm. if they were funny. And I'm like, you're an adult. That's not
1: funny. But... That's a good point.
2: <laughs> so you're, basically what you're saying
0: is I was immature then and oh, now. And you I'm think that's what I'm basically saying, yes, cool
2: people in the middle and high school are basically immature people. Yeah, that's exactly. Yeah. I think
1: that is what makes boys cool in high school. Yeah.
2: Well, there's a certain, um, coolness I think has some sort of like devil may care disregard. And that typically (laughs) at that age is because you're immature. So you rarely, because you're so mature that you just don't care what people think. It's usually an immature. Yeah. So, but I'm willing to concede that Ellen might've been higher. She doesn't talk as much about high school. So I don't have as much data to go off of.
0: So the episode title of this episode is going to be Andrew was the coolest in high school. Just so. Oh. Everyone, well, it's contested. You're going to have to put like a little asterisk like debated. <laughs> I'll put it, I'll put an asterisk. Andrew was the coolest asterisk in high school. Um, two out of three podcasters agree. There's. Okay. So there, there's two things that pop into my, my head. Believe um, you
1: count yourself. And I don't. That's not fair.
0: Well, if you don't count yourself, no one voted for you. Okay! Wow. <laughs> <laughs> no, so this discussion already, like, uh, as as funny side note as this was, almost immediately we found it very natural to rank coolness, like in just having a conversation about cool. That's the nature of this kind of cool that and we're to talking advocate
1: about. for it for ourselves, <laughs> <laughs> and to
0: advocate for who was the coolest <laughs> and name podcasts after it. Um, <laughs> that's what happens when you're the one who edits, I get to pick the titles. Um, th- but that's that's the natural thing, right? is and that feels really good to like when you're when you're in high school and other people see you as somehow ranked higher, there's a there is a an unhealthy, like old self enjoyment that happens in that. And it's actually why when we think about youth ministry being built on cool, I remember when I was in taking my like youth ministry classes in Bible college, um, the professor said, hey, there's one reason why a lot of people get into youth ministry. And that's because their youth pastor was really cool and they wanted to be just like their youth pastor. And so they get into youth ministry because they want to be the coolest kid in the room. Um, And that's a temptation because then then suddenly when you're the, the 22 year old in a room full of like 15 and 16 year olds, it's very easy to quickly become the cool kid in the room and that feeds a youth pastor's ego. Like, I think there are some really unhealthy circles I'm going
1: to interrupt you really quick. I think that's a man's problem. I think that's a male youth pastor problem.
0: Tell me more. I, I probably, but.
1: I mean, uh i think in the context of the church as a woman i'm never the coolest person in the room like i don't Mm -hmm. i don't get the privilege of that because being the coolest person in the room in a church context also means you're kind of like the most admired most authoritative person in the room Mm -hmm. and like that's never women (laughs) um and it's certainly not women in youth ministry either right because we we i think are forced to play more of a, a maternal role yeah um, and, and, men often in youth ministry are very immature, whereas I don't think that women in youth ministry like have that, that problem. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so I think that, that, that temptation, I, I, I at least can speak right. that I've, I, yeah,
2: I think you're right. i in never the church. That. What's interesting to me is when I start imagining parachurch youth ministry, young life, youth for Christ, suddenly I do mm-hmm. think women can be cool there. Because the context Ooh, is different,
1: so I've just been in the wrong type of youth <laughs> ministry.
2: I, well, I'm not saying that is a good thing necessarily, but but in my experience, and I've had a fair bit of interacting with those sort of ministries, mm-hmm. male and female leaders both trade a lot on cool. Same thing I would say in in camp ministry. There's a coolness factor often in camp ministry that that is mm-hmm. more That's equitable in its gender thing because it's not church, and so. You can and why did you didn't
1: do Baptist camp ministry?
2: Yeah, and I, I my, my camp <laughs> ministry is all super generic evangelical kind of stuff, so maybe different. Um, but I've been thinking about this as we're talking about It's like for today, it, talking about Galatians three. Like, would would we need to say there's neither Jew nor Greek, male nor female, cool nor uncool? Like, is this one of those things that like the gospel has to like eradicate from the church? This idea that there's this distinction. Mm-hmm.
0: That feels like, I mean, it probably de- depends on your context. Um, I think I've heard people share, um, like, as I talk with other youth pastors, I've heard people talk about youth ministries where there's a clear, like, jock group that doesn't want to interact with the rest of the group. That like, there, someone is perceiving a hierarchy that needs to be dismantled, um, and I think a lot of it, a lot of it comes in modeling from the youth pastors perspective or from your the leader's perspective um in modeling both like a radical love of everybody um even your your cringy students like if there's a student who socially does not get along as well who doesn't make the funny jokes who doesn't like who's not ascending in the coolness of the group i think being very intentionally loving in the same way to everybody and and sort of never cashing in on coolness as a youth leader is actually really important because I think it models to both the person who doesn't feel like they have the social capital and the person who does have the social capital that this is what it means to belong to the church, which in some ways is what the article or the Substack is getting at, right? Like doing those things that does not benefit you at all and creating social interactions with people you wouldn't naturally connect with and and building those relationships um, models is a more fulfilling kind of life um and and i think that yeah and i I think that's a that's a powerful and important way to form a a long-term faith that actually uh looks like galatians 3 rather than a faith that's built on hey christians can be cool too and we're still allowed to participate in the social hierarchies and maintain them and have insiders and outsiders and um you know, you sometimes hear these horror stories of, like, larger churches that, where the the worship team all has certain conventional beauty standards as part of it. Like, sometimes explicitly, sometimes, like, you can't be on the worship team because you don't, because we only want beautiful people on stage. Um,
2: Ugh. No, that's one of the grossest things.
0: Right? And it's, I think what gets really distorted, and this is where ends justifying means... Methodology comes into play because people say, well, we want to basically want to appeal to everybody's worst sensibilities in order to get the gospel out to more people. Um, like, if we keep playing the world's game, we'll have a greater impact. And therefore, it's okay for us to be cool, to try and be cooler, to try and cash in on social capital, because that'll give us a little bit of extra power with cool and uncool kids alike in order to reach more people with the gospel as if the good news of Jesus wasn't like both in how we do things as well. Like the good news of the gospel is that you don't, is that the powers have been defeated and you don't have to play those games mm-hmm. and your value is entirely intrinsic apart from it. And that maybe how we do ministry needs to model that. Um, but it's it's hard because there's, there is like even, we all joke that we're not cool, but we have, I think we still have whatever, whatever a late thirties, early forties version of cool is, um, the people who are funnier, the people who are, who are smarter, pick your, pick your quality. We still create a natural hierarchy. I think in our minds of people who are preferable to be with and people who are not preferable to be with, Mm -hmm. and we gravitate towards whatever that quality is that we find to
2: be more valuable Mm
0: -hmm. um yeah this is we're talking about youth
2: ministry but this is really a human being problem a church problem like an us problem uh Mm -hmm. i wish i could say that i had no idea what that was like but i do like that is and there's a tension i struggle with is like well it's normal that there's gonna be some people i like more than other people because i'm a human with preferences and right but then that easily can slip into you know i like you because of what i perceive i get from you and like a cool mentality. Um, yeah. So that's that's a good word. Good reminder.
0: It's funny, Ellen, that you mentioned it being a uniquely guy problem. Because when I think back to high school and the people I think of who seem to have, be free of that, that cool hierarchy, the, the sort of rat race of being cool, I think of girls. Like I think of high school girls who somehow were able to be like kind and affirming with their words rather than sarcastic and mean. And people still liked them because they, like the one girl I'm thinking of, like she clearly had enough self-assurance and like self-worth that she didn't feel the need right. to try and prove herself by cutting other people down. And she was genuinely kind and affirming and was was popular in the sense that she was well liked, right. um, but not because she was Better at cutting other people down, but because she was able to make friends with lots of people, because she was genuinely kind to other people. Um,
1: Now, like mean popular girls are a thing too.
2: (laughs) Yeah, well, and that's a good example of like popularity and cool.
1: Literally, a movie.
2: Popularity is different than cool, and I think that when you have a a real sense of who you are, that that is a, a healthy confidence that is generous with other people that is attractive to others. And people do like you and do, so you can grow in popularity Mm -hmm. in that sense because you really have these good qualities. And of course, no one's perfect. There's some mix of it in there, but, but you can become popular without being cool by, by being just so confident in who you are and, and so generous with others. So that draws people in. And I, and I think that's something we should actually encourage our students to aspire to. is like, Hey, when you get to the point where you really know who God made you to be, and, and you just can say, this is who I am. And out of that, out, out of flows generosity towards other people and a kindness and a curiosity and a, an openness. The irony is, you will probably get more of what you're seeking by doing that. Yeah. But you can't yeah. do it to seek it because then it is coolness, right? Like, <laughs> that's the trick, right? Like, if you're doing it just to get the results, you're trying to be cool. But if you really are grounded and centered and connected and generous and curious, then you will become someone that people like being around. Right. That's like the mirror of
0: said at the end of the first Harry Potter book. Uh, where they show them in the mirror what they desire, but it only could be someone with a pure heart who didn't desire the sorcerer's stone for power that could actually obtain it through the mirror. Yeah. It's just like that yeah <laughs> and i am today years old upon realizing that Arisid, the name of the mirror is desire spelled just, backwards. oh congratulations just
2: now just, well, well that seems like a great epiphany to to end the episode on yeah
1: <laughs> yeah feels very revealing
0: <laughs> uh, all right well everybody thanks for joining us today on the ordinary youth ministry podcast uh, you can find out some basic information about us at ordinaryyouthministry.com or you can find us at social media platforms at ordinarycast. You can also email us directly uh, and tell us who you think is the coolest of the three of us at ordinaryyouthministry at gmail.com. Uh, ultimately, we just hope this conversation will help you impart a joyful and enduring faith to the teenagers in your life. See you next time.